All right, so I have two separate things that I'd like to share. First, something from the Gospel of Luke. Chapter Chapter 1. One of one of the best really human examples I think that we have in scripture is Mary, the mother of Jesus. And in the Annunciation, when the angel Gabriel comes to her and says, greetings favored one, the Lord is with you, and tells her that she's going to give birth to Jesus, something stood out to me this time. Chapter 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And we can just stop there. You know what he goes on to say. You found favor with God and prophesies the birth of Christ. If you flip over to chapter 2, verse 35, this is in the temple, when Jesus is presented in the temple, Simeon comes, prophesies about Jesus. And he says to Mary, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel, and for a sign to be opposed, and a sword will pierce even your own soul to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. If you put those two verses in parallel, you have, you have found favor with God and a sword will pierce your own soul. What does that mean for us as believers? What does it mean to find favor with God? Favor with God means participation in his plan for the world. It means that we get to be used by him and used for him. We get to see him work in us. We get to know him. It does not mean an easy life. The cost and pain for Mary was very high. So high that Simeon described it as a sword piercing your own soul. But so was the joy for Mary in being the chosen one to bear the Messiah. And that is a pattern for all of us. When we come to Christ, Jesus says we come and we take up our cross. So when we find favor with God, that does not mean we find ease. It does not mean we find fun. But it does mean that we find a cause for great and surpassing and abiding joy. And that wraps into our view of the Christian life, right? Mary says, be it done to me as you have said. She yields herself to this call of God on her life, regardless of the consequences, regardless of what it's going to mean, regardless of the pain that she may go through because of it. She yields herself in obedience to God. And we are all called to do the same, to see our lives as what? A tool, a weapon, an investment. That is what the Christian life is. Life is, as Indy Wilson says, life is meant to be spent. So, with that as the backdrop, how does that tie into our view as Christians of the world, of the culture that we live in? We live in amazing days. The picture of warfare was perhaps never more obvious 
Well, I mean, you could, I guess you could say it was more obvious in times where there were actual literal wars going on. But as far as ideological warfare, it'd be hard to draw a more distinct, hard line between the Christian worldview and the anti-Christian worldview. We live in a time of great opportunity and of great combat. That's, re- that's really the day we're living in. But the truth is that that was always the day that we were living in. And part of the reason why we're in the condition we're in now is because we forgot about that. We stopped thinking in those terms. The enemy did not. The enemy did not forget that there was a war on. And you read the works of Margaret Sanger and Karl Marx and these, these, the Nephilim, as Kevin Swanson calls them, these great thinkers, great in the sense of influential, not in the sense of good, but great thinkers who realized we are at war and we want to tear down the kingdom of Christ. That's a fool's errand. We know that Jesus has the last laugh, that Baal is a God who cannot send fire. But at the same time, what a shame it is for us as Christians to be reacting to see everything being burned down and to see the little arsonists running around with torches. And that's the point that we realize maybe, maybe we should do something about this. Shame on us because they had the foresight. They, without being condemnatory on other eschatological views, the world thinks like post-millennialists. The world is in it to win. The world is in it to take over. The world is in it to say, we've got a strategy. We've got a plan. We're going to get the the wives and the moms discontent. We're going to tear down the patriarchy. We're going to undermine sexual morality. We're going to get the kids out of the home. And this is how we win. Now, they're not going to win. At the same time, they're going to do a whole lot more winning because they're thinking like soldiers. And Jesus says the children of the world are more shrewd than the children of light. Podcast recommendation, The King's Hall. If you're not listening to The King's Hall podcast, it'd be another one to add to your list. Kind of the same Canon Press, Doug Wilson, that whole reformed and reforming school. And same caveats as, as per normal. But that said, been listening to them and to their strategizing. And they're talking about building Christendom. That's why eschatology matters so much. Because it is really, really difficult to think long-term and to think constructively and to see the application of Scripture to every area of life when we're also thinking in terms of it's all, you know, a couple of weeks now and it's going to be over, right? I mean, the rapture's got to be right around the corner. It's hard to think like a builder and also like somebody who's only here for a few more years. Now, we all know our destiny is eternal, we're not living simply for the here and now. But we are working on an eternal kingdom that is being built in the here and now. It's not just an ethereal then one day thing. We're actually being involved in the building of the kingdom of God. The proclamation of the gospel of Christ. The fight that matters. The good fight. We should be ahead of Karl Marx. We should be ahead of Engels and Sanger. They should be trying to play catch-up to the Christians because, I mean, we live in reality. We have the truth. We have God's word. We know what 
male and female means. We know why gravity exists. We can, explain, we can give a reason for the existence of logic. They can't. We should be way ahead of the game. So it is incumbent on us to think strategically, to realize we're in a war, so what's our plan? Are we in it to win? Are we in this long term? Are we thinking, brothers and sisters, are we thinking, I am here to serve Jesus Christ. I'm here to live for Jesus Christ. So what are the steps that I am taking now? Because I am participating in something that's not fading away. It's not, he's not going to lose. So what are the investments that I'm making? To, I'm expecting to see real fruit, actual things happening in this life. Not just, not just jewels on a crown in heaven. Although we do live for pleasing Christ and the rewards of his presence, fullness of joy in his presence. But he's called us to occupy until he comes right now. Invest right now. Have a return right now. So we need to think like victors. We need to think like the army that's going to win. Because we are, but also because God works in means. It's not right for us. And how many times have you heard believers say, yeah, stuff's pretty bad right now, but this, I know this isn't my home. I'm just passing through. That's why eschatology matters. It's very, very seriously. It's a very big deal. Because when you think that way, you're checked out. It doesn't mean you're not saved. doesn't mean you're not a real Christian. doesn't mean you're not sharing the true gospel. But it does mean if the devil can successfully get all the Christians to think, this world is not my home, I'm not going to be here much longer, it's all falling apart, but what did we expect? We knew this was going to happen. All the Christians are thinking this way, and all the pagans and the prophets of Baal are thinking, this is our strategy, here's how we win, here's how we undermine the family, here's how we undermine the church. Of course it's going to be this way. And it's wrong for us to hide behind our eschatology and say, well, we knew it was going to happen. I, drew, I drove the car off the, the cliff and I knew it was going to fall once I did so. Well, correct, but it's about time we stop driving the car off the cliff. It's about time we start proclaiming the Lordship of Christ and having a strategy, having the same and greater tenacity and vision and courage and conviction, and we get our head in the game, get out there on the battlefield and fight for the king who has won. That is our calling, to be like Mary. Be like Mary and give up our life for Christ, but to see that not just in an ethereal way. We're like, yes, I live for Christ, so on a spiritual plane, everything I do is for Christ. But then on the secular plane of the, the dirt and the sweat, the thorns and the thistles, I mean, I just have a job. I'm just taking care of my family because I'm supposed to because it's a Christian thing to do. Yes, but no, it's so much more than that, so much bigger than that. And we have to fight and pray and study and think and strategize and pray some more and read scripture until we see it, until we can connect the dots, until we have real plans that are better than the plans of the heathen. Because they're cutting themselves and running around the altar of Baal and no fire is falling. What a shame it is if that is their state if they literally cannot answer the question, what is a woman, and yet they're winning the hearts of our children? We have the Holy Spirit. They're winning the hearts of our children? We can't blame that on eschatology. 
We can't blame that on, well, we knew this was going to happen. What do you mean? Where do you get that in the Bible? The God who keeps covenant to generations. The God who's going to build his church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. The king who walked out of the grave. What do you mean we knew this was going to happen? That's not what the Bible says. And that's not how we're called to live. So instead, we fight like happy warriors because we serve the king of kings. And he can send fire. And that's what we're praying for and looking forward to. Amen.